0: Welcome to Kingdom Light Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Let me dive into the sermon today. and um, so uh, I've, been, I've been thinking about today because last week I communicated hey, we're done with um, our, our, our series on peace. There would have been two weeks and this week God just didn't leave me alone with this topic. And, uh, and I felt that, let me do a, a last week before we dive into the power of our words. So this week, I really want to speak about life is in the voice. Um, you see, we all have a voice. You have a voice. I mean, I can point to all of us. You have a voice. Why? Because you can speak. And you can speak to people. You can voice an opinion. Am I right? Uh, sometimes kids want to have a bigger opinion than they think they have. But parents need to voice their opinion first. <laughs> But we all have a voice. We can speak, we can have a conversation. But the great thing is my, my, my dad always said to me, Henny, remember you've got one, one mouth and two ears. That means you need to listen twice as much as you speak. And I've always had that with me, to, to listen more and to think before I speak. And so to go on, I think we've got three voices in our lives. Three voices. Very important. Our own voice. We know our own voice. But we've got God's voice and we've got the voice of the enemy, the voice of the world. Now, my own voice is the most familiar one. If it's not, you need to speak to yourself more. (laughs) Sometimes, I mean, I studied sports psychology and they said you need to look at yourself in the mirror and you need to speak to yourself. And I tried it, but it's just too weird. (laughs) It's just too weird. But I, I can speak to myself now as I know how to speak to myself when I drive to town or when I do this. And I start speaking to myself and do confessions. And, and so, so it's so important to speak to yourself. And that's why our own voice is very familiar. But we have to work hard to distinguish between the other two. The voice of God and the voice of the enemy. Because both speaks. God is never quiet. He always speaks to us. And there's a a story of a donkey who walks in the forest and he picks up a lion skin and he puts it on and he looks in the water and he's like, man, this is amazing. And he started scaring some animals around him. And he had some fun. It was amazing. He scared this baboon and that. And it's so amazing. He came to the fox and he tried to scare him. And the fox looked at him and he said, if you want to terrify me, you first have to disguise your hee your voice. Now, what's the moral? The moral is clothes will distinguish a fool, but his voice will give him away. You can look the way you want to, but what you voice in your life will show who you are. That's why it's important to, as a church, to know what we voice and that we trust God for this town and that we don't just do church on Sundays, but we want to be church and live church on a weekly basis as we encourage people and touch them and minister to them. One of my heart's desires, is, and we're working on that, is to start a ministry on campus called Touch. We, we will go out in, on, on a weekly basis and pray. And trust God for signs, for wonders, for miracles. And, and it's so amazing to start seeing those things. I can, I can tell you many miracles of what God has done on campus. And how through miracles and signs and prophetic ministry have changed young people's lives and families. Now in John 10, I want to start with this scripture. In John 10, verse 3 to 5 says the following: "But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his his own sheep. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered, um, sorry, let me just after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because." They know His voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from Him because they don't know His voice. And see, we as believers, we created to know God's voice. Did you know that? You were created to know God's voice. There's a DNA in all of us that is a longing for a bigger deity. That's why people seek it in everything in life. That's why the TV shows you see today is all about supernatural stuff. There's even a show called Supernatural. We all know that. People have a longing for the supernatural of God. Why? Because they have a longing for God. We have a longing for God. There is a, something familiar in His voice. Now, we might ask, why do we struggle to hear God's voice? How many of you have asked that question? I've asked that question so many times. There's some people that I've had conversations with that say, I don't even know if I can hear God's voice. And I've always asked the question, why? Why is that? It's easy. It's because we grow up listening to all the voices around us. There are so many voices around us on a daily basis that we need young people and, and people growing up in this generation don't know how to distinguish anymore to what is God's voice and what is social media's voice and what is my... I mean, there's so many voices. You see, when a baby develops in a womb, he knows, the baby knows the, the voice of its parents I remember when my wife were pregnant with the twins and she was when you looked at Salome from behind you didn't know she was pregnant when she turned around people literally gasped in the mall it's like oh, are you okay <laughs> she had a massive tummy I mean it was incredible and um, and I, I loved an evening when we go to bed I will lay on her tummy and I will speak to the twins and then Shamei, she was a busy one I mean she always kicked me As soon as I started speaking I loved that I loved speaking to my children before they were born because I know that they know my voice when they got born they immediately knew my voice the first day we got home I walked into a room and she was looking somewhere and I spoke and she turned around and it's so amazing as a dad to know that your children knows your voice they know the voice from the womb they know it but see the baby always knows the mum's voice the best why Because they're intimately connected. There's an intimate connection. She carries them. And as a mother, you will know. You will know that there is a connection with my children that the daddy doesn't have. That comes later. Now I said last week that we live in an information age. We are flooded with information nowadays. Social media, internet, with everything. We are so much revelation in our lives. Sermons, revelation. You can go on YouTube You can go on on Instagram and you'll get five revelations in ten minutes. Through preachers preaching. It is staggering. But see, that is why it's so important more than ever to know God's voice. More than anything else. We need to know His voice. See, God wants us to be intimately connected to Him. To make sure that we know His voice. That's why He's speaking to us constantly. We just need to listen. We just need to, I, I had a friend who said, you always just need to make sure your dish is aligned with God. That DSTV dish, that God TV dish needs to be aligned so that you hear His voice clearly. See, the more we learn to know His voice, the more we can distinguish between God and the enemy. There's a quote of Bill Johnson. I love this quote. He says, The challenge of our faith is not our inability to hear God or to hear God's voice. The challenge of our faith is our willingness to hear other voices, what do we more most willingly want to listen to? See, there's so many things competing for our attention, our affection in this life. There is many. That's why um, in December, I, December again, I deleted Instagram from my phone, and I deleted Facebook again, and I just took a two-three months sabbatical from from social media, and it did me world of wonders. Because I usually, when I had nothing to do, I grab my phone and I go to Instagram. And it's amazing. And I think it's an incredible tool. But for me personally, it was stealing my time. and was stealing my, the voices that I was listening to. And I'm not bringing law over anyone. It was just me. To know that I need to clarify some channels in my life. And therefore, I needed to go to the first thing that takes my attention. Now i want to speak about moses today you know moses had amazing encounters with god we all know the story moses the man one of the most influential leaders of the of the old testament but it is important to realize that every encounter that moses had made him hungrier for more of god he was so hungry every time his first experience was the burning bush now there's something very important you need to know speaking about spiritual hunger in the physical, if I am hungry after church, I go home and I eat. The more I eat, the less hungry I get. Am I right? But in the spirit, in the kingdom, it's different. The more I eat, the more hungrier I get. You see, the more I get, the more... That's how I speak to so many people. It's like I struggle to read my Bible. I don't have, I don't have the, what do you call it, the, the desire. And I feel so guilty about it. And I said, well, the more you read, the more you're going to want to read. The more you pray, the more you're going to want to pray. That's a spiritual principle. So don't feel condemned, the Bible says. Don't feel condemned. God loves you still so much. But just read your Bible. If there's no law to it, there's grace. But the more you read it, the more you want to read it. See, with every encounter in our lives, God is awaking us to a world we cannot see. A world we long to know and to see more through signs and wonders and God's miracles to experience more of Him. I don't know about you, but when I open my Bible and God says, you can do more than I've done, you will see greater works than I've done. There's something inside of me that creates a hunger in me to say, Lord, really, can I? I want to. I want to see more of you. I want to experience more of you. I want to listen to your voice. I want to make sure that I'm in line with what you've called me to, to do. Now, Moses' first encounter was when God spoke to him through the burning bush. We all know the story. It says the following. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him. Now, just pause there. This just, just a nugget. It's probably one of my favorite stories about the burning bush. Moses was walking around in the field, attending sheep, and he saw a bush burning from afar. But the bush was not burning up, and he was curious. So he went to look. So God didn't call him out of the bush, Hey Moses, come over here. No, he didn't. He, Moses saw something that interested him, that sparked a curiosity with him. And as he went to look, God called him. See, when we come to God's presence, Lord, I have such a longing for your presence. The more you long for the presence of God, the more you will see of it. The more you will experience of it. You just need that longing. See, we pray We need to pray different. Say, so, Lord, I want to see more of you. Now, Lord, give me a longing for your presence that is so intense that I will look for it and I will see you out of the burning bush. And from the middle of the bush, God said, Moses, Moses, here am I. Moses replied, No, no, Moses never saw God face-to-face or spoke to God before this moment. Never. And and this is only Exodus 3 verse 4. If you go to Exodus 33, he saw God face-to-face. Face-to-face where God put him in the cleft of a rock, put his hand in front of him so that he can see God from, from behind. See, but God was setting Moses up to hear his voice clearer. He was just setting him up. He knew that this is the man who's going to lead my nation. Two and a half million Israelites out of the mightiest nation in the world's hands. I'm going to free them and I'm going to place them in the land that I've called him to do. That promised land. So let me fast forward. Moses saw God in the burning bush. God, God encouraged him to lead and to go back to a nation where they want to kill him. Because he killed someone first he had to have faith to do that so he went back the 10 plagues happened we all know the story of the 10 plagues how he went to pharaoh and 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 god says oh i i I love the story where moses said but god i have nothing at the burning bush experience and god says what do you have in your hand and he said i've got a staff what do you want me to do with it like give pharaoh hiding What, what do i do with this God just said, throw it in the ground and we know the story of the snake. And so remember that for later. What do you have in your hand? What did Moses have in his hand? What do you have in your hand today? What do you have? Maybe it's like, Lord, I don't have big businesses or big money. I can't do anything. My, 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 my grandfather always said, you have to have money to make money. Lord, I don't have money. I mean, does it sound familiar? I mean, I heard that so many times. Even moaned about it to God. So many times. So Moses, then, ex, well, ex, there was a big exodus out of Egypt because of the ten plagues. There was the death of the firstborn. There was, there was mourning all over Egypt as they pulled out. And then I get to the story that I want to focus on today. Exodus 14, verse 10 to 16. Only six scriptures. But I trust God that He will show us something about the power of His voice. And connecting to peace, so let's read that together. It says, "When Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked up, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and the Israelites were exceedingly frightened and cried out to the Lord." Now, this is quite an interesting story. Let's just park there. This is a scary picture. Two million Israelites moving down the desert. They can see the, this, the, the Red Sea in front of them, mountains behind them, and suddenly they look behind them and this massive army is coming, rushing down this mountain, coming to take them out. It's quite a scary moment. Now you need to remember, they left Egypt with all the firstborns being killed with the last plague. And then as they went out of Egypt, they took all the riches with them. People just gave them gold and everything. Just please just go. <laughs> so they lived with the death of the firstborns and with all the riches. Think, think about if you have a firstborn. To lose your firstborn is not, it's a serious thing. It is a deep heartache. The mourning was deep and these people, I mean, after you, and if you go through the psychological way of how you deal with loss, you are very, I mean, it, the pain is tremendous. There's hearts here. Then after the sadness comes, I am v- severely mad at anybody I can be mad at. So the, the Egyptians went from, I'm so sad, I don't just take all my gold and everything, just go, I'm sad. And then suddenly they came to a place where they got mad. And a dad who's mad about his son been taking away of him because of slaves. I mean, he's like saddling up his horse already. So these guys came rushing down that mountain with anger with hate in their hearts. And the, and the Israelites knew, whoops, we've got trouble. We've got trouble. See, I think most of them, of these Israelites, were moving out there and think, all these guys' sons have just died. And as they were pulling through the desert, they were singing, they were happy, they were free at last. But I think there were some of them, like, it was like, just looking back. Like, maybe if they come, maybe, they will, maybe if they come back, we're in trouble. We don't have... Soldiers, and these are the most powerful armies in the world at the moment. In that stage, you see, so for some of us, for some of them, they were waiting for this to happen. I think so. They were looking back, they were waiting, and then when they saw Pharaoh and the, and, and the army, they panicked. It was their first response. They were not yet in faith, they only saw the ten plagues. They moved out and they knew, we've lived with this nation for 50 plus, well, 150, how many years? They've lived with them. These guys are brutal. And when they saw them, their first reaction was panic. I panic. Now let's read on. It says, oh, sorry. And they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away from this wilderness? Take us away to die in the wilderness? Why if you treated us this way and brought us out of Egypt? Did we not tell you in Egypt, let us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? For if you have been so sorry, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. It's quite interesting. Poor Moses. They started lashing out on Moses. Poor guy. I mean, this guy was just obeying God, just leading these guys out of Egypt, taking them out of slavery. I can just see the crowds yelling and, and panicking, and the leaders pointing at Moses, shouting at him. It's like, your fault. This is what you've done. Look, I mean, there's one scripture, one, um, one uh, translation actually says, it's better for us to be slaves in Egypt to be corpses in the wilderness. And I thought, wow, that's a great option, either a slave or a corpse. That is amazing. And these guys just went out of it. So have you ever been in such a situation where everything comes to you at all ends? Everything. I mean, you've messed up and people around you are freaking out and blaming you. We all have been in such a situation. Maybe you've been a business owner and everyone is messing up and everybody is blaming you. Maybe you've been, you, you, you're a dad. Come on, dads. Maybe you, you were brying and tending to the brian you left the door open and the dog went in and it's muddy feet all over the couches and everything and mom is yelling and kids are yelling. Am I the only one? Okay. Mum, maybe mum maybe you've reversed the car into a pole you didn't see. And now they have to replace the car and there's no car and the kids are late and you are late and everybody is late and mum it's your fault. Maybe you've lost a huge client at work. And everybody is unhappy because they lost bonuses because of that one client. Not nice. Everybody is pointing and blaming you. See, we all have messed up. And the truth is, we are just doing what God has called us to do. We're just being mum. We're just being dad. We're just doing our job at the work. I didn't mean to mess up. But the funny thing is, Moses did not mess up. He did everything according to what God said to him to do. And the reality of this is that we all come to moments like this. We all come to moments like this. People blaming us. People shouting at us. People rejecting us. Man, have you been there before? Into places where people reject you because of what you are just been doing, what God has called you to do. Try ministry. So <laughs> the question is, how will you react in that moment? remember jesus in the storm how he reacted i always say that never let the storm outside be bigger or never let the storm inside be bigger than the storm outside always have peace inside and then you can face every storm on the outside does it make sense see the way the way we react will all depends on our focus what are you focusing on What are you spending time to focus on in your day, on a daily basis? You see, in your focus, you either focus on success and excelling in life. And if you do that, it will keep you from looking back and finding the approval from others. I want to be successful. I want to excel life. I want to be the best I can be, and it's good. But if that's your only focus, you're going to look for the approval of others in your life. You're going to look for everything, recognition from everything except from God. But I will go to church, Henny. are yeah, great. Amazing. But your approval needs to be from God because He's the one who gives identity, not the world or the people that you're finding approval from. You see, Moses was facing a lot of voices around him at that moment. A lot of voices. Leaders, people shouting, children crying, I mean, it, I think it was chaos. A lot of voices around him. They were telling him that he was wrong. They were telling him, to, Moses, you need to help us immediately. Where are you now, Moses? Look at this. Moses, you need to sort this out now. Does it sound familiar? Your kids come to you like, Daddy, I need to go in this camp. Well, why, we need to pay this. And I was like, Jesus, help. See, it sounds familiar. We can relate to this in our lives. So what did Moses do? Let's read on. So Moses told the people, Fear not. Stand still. Be firm. Be confident. Be undismayed. And see the salvation of the Lord, which He will work for you today. I say, For the Egyptians you have seen today, you shall never see again. Man, I love that. Moses stood up and he started encouraging the people through prophecy. See, God didn't speak to Moses. He's just like, hey, hey, Moses, come here. It's like, just tell the people this. Okay, I'll go. It's like, stand still. And, and No. He just, out of his own, what it was inside of him, came and It's like, stand still. Don't fear. Don't panic. God is going to set you free today. God is going to set you free today. See, God didn't tell him what to say at that point. He realized the people were going into panic. And he knew that when you're in panic, you have no faith, you only have fear. And he needed to change the way they saw things. And he needed to change their minds in that instant. So the great leader Moses, who led them out of of slavery into the promised land, stood up and said, whoa, stop. This is what God is going to do. And he started prophesying life over the situation with the with the enemy started rushing down the mountain in the moment in the heat of the moment listen to what he says I love this phrase for the Egyptians you have seen today shall never be seen again isn't that a great promise I mean that's a promise for us today come on aren't you excited <laughs> I think this is incredible you see the, this is an amazing word the struggles in your life today will never be there again. The pain you have had to dealt with all your life will never be there again. The fear that you have had to fight with every day and deal with every day will never be there again. The addiction that you've been ha- that's been haunting you all your life will never be there again. It will be conquered today. You will never see it again. You see, that's a good word. See the salvation, that word of salvation says there is a breakthrough and it's a move over to freedom. That's the Hebrew translation. So he says, stand still, have faith, and see that God is breaking you through this thing and he's moving you to a place of freedom. This you see there that's coming to kill you, you'll never see that again. But then Moses continued with something powerful. I love this phrase, it says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. You don't have to fight yourself. See, how many of us want to fight things ourselves? I'm facing this thing. Okay, Lord, how, how, do, I, how do I do this? How do I fight this? How do, do I take a loan? Do I do this? Do I sell my car? How do, I mean, is there, I mean we, can, we can make plans very quickly. We do. You see, Moses said that they need to understand that they would not have to fight God will give them the victory. But they need to make sure that they do not lose their peace in that moment and that they will remain in rest. Make sure. Now for us to be in peace and to remain in rest, there need to be no murmuring or moaning. What were these guys doing? They were moaning. They were, I mean, murmur was was probably a soft word for what they did. Now Moses warned them in that moment says don't murmur don't moan he was warning them for what would send them back into the desert for 40 years murmuring already here he warned them saying, whoa don't murmur don't moan see the salvation of the lord see it's clear that when we moan or murmur we do not operate in, in peace or faith no. it's not you see there's, there's only one thing that can keep you in the desert you yourself, by moaning, and keep on murmuring, Ah oh Lord, when are you coming? Come through for me. I've been struggling with this all my life. Where are you when I need you? You never. I mean, I don't know. I don't know even how to pray anymore. Ah oh Lord, and every time you're in a conversation, people's like, Yeah man, I've been praying for ten years. I did not just see nothing. But I keep on murmuring, and if you keep on, you're going to stay in the desert. And Moses said, No, stand still and look, see the salvation of God. No. See, when we murmur, we invite more panic, more doubt, more anxiety, more fear into our lives without knowing it. Now the word here remain, remain means the following. It says to continue to possess a particular quality. It says you have the quality. Just remain there. Don't lose it. Remain in that place of rest. Don't lose it. See, it's important to work hard to live from a place where we already possess a godly quality. All of us sitting here possess the quality of peace in our lives. We need to work hard to to stay there. We, We can't let our emotions dictate where we go. Amen? So then... My favorite part, God spoke to Moses and He said the following, Then the Lord spoke spoke to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it and the Israelites shall, shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now I don't know about you, from this scripture, remain at rest. Moses prophesying and encouraging to the next one, the Lord said, Why do you cry to me? It almost feel that there's something missing. Am I right? See, Moses didn't pray to God. He just spoke to the Israelites. And what I think happened is this. Moses stood in the middle of the chaos and spoke a powerful, encouraging the word to encourage the nation. And he said, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And these Egyptians you see now, you'll never see again. Oh God, help us. Oh Jesus, help us. Oh Lord, we are in trouble. Jesus, help us. And God says, why you cry to me? Tell them to move forward. Does it sound familiar? I mean, I've been there so many times. Oh Lord, God help me. Oh, I'm in trouble. Children, we need to have faith here. Okay, stand up, stand still. Faith, 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 faith. Jesus, help us. Oh, we are in trouble. See, we're all human. Now, when we pray sometimes, we don't get everything right. God is so amazing. His grace is sufficient. What did Moses say? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. What did God say? What are you crying? Move forward. So, there's a big difference between standing still and moving forward. But Moses had the faith to say, Whoa! Stencil. God is in control. This is, who he is Okay, Jesus. Now you need to help me. Okay, don't cry. Just tell them to move forward. That, that's the Henny version. See, in challenging situations in our life, we usually are looking for detail and instruction from God. Am I right, Lord? I'm in a, I'm in a dire moment. I need instruction. Can you please tell me what to do? That's what I do. I mean, that that's a human nature. We need instruction, Lord. Tell me what to do. Where do I go? What do I do? What all God wants us to do in that moment is to listen to His voice and obey. You see, life is not in instruction; it's in the voice. It's in the voice speaking to us. Why do we listen to when it's chaos around us? Because you can look for instruction, what to do, how to fix this, or you can just like, just give me a minute. Let me just. I just need life, from a place of peace in my life. Me and Salome try to, we always believe that when I do not have peace, I do not make big decisions. And it's quite frustrating sometimes because we have to have peace together. There's power and unity, especially with a man and a woman, a husband and wife. So when I want to buy a new car or do something big, if my wife do not have peace, it means that there is no decision. But if we have peace together, we move immediately. Because we know that is God's instruction. We heard His voice. You see, we will not recognize His voice during the fight if we do not seek it in the quiet moments. If you seek God's voice in that quiet moments, when you're driving alone, when you're sitting with your Bible open your quiet time, when you're spending time with the Father, when you're walking on a beach alone, if you don't find God's voice in that moment, you're not going to find His voice when there's chaos around you. That is why it's important to to dive into your times with God. Not religiously, but out of place of grace. I said, God, wow, Lord, I know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means that I can sit with you already being in right standing. And in that moment, I can just listen to your voice and find your heart. Now, Moses had two voices speaking to him. First, the voice of reasoning and reality. Moses, what are you going to do? We are about to die. Can you see the Egyptians? Moses, you need to sort us out. Moses, you need to help. That's the first voice. He had to fix that as a leader. And then the second voice, the voice of God, just asking him to listen and to obey. That's all. Just listen and obey and then see the miracle. Now just think about these two options. Option number one is stay and be killed. That's a good option. (laughs) No, not. Secondly, obey God and move forward. Now, the only problem was that forward, there was no forward. There was a sea. There was an ocean. There was an impossibility in front of them. So Moses could look at the impossibility or he could listen to the voice that says, move forward, just obey. Just obey. See, there's times that God will come And do everything without standing still and witnessing God doing miracles around us. And that's a great place to be. I've been there so many times. But there's other times where God will not move unless you move by faith. Some of us are standing and waiting. And it's been months and some years. It's like, Lord, I'm waiting for you. I'm just faithful. I'm waiting. And God says, I'm not going to move if you don't move by faith. See, Paul says, show me your faith. And he says, I'll show you my faith by my works. That means that I will move with faith and see how God do miracles. When Jesus healed the ten um, men of leprosy, he, they walked past him and one guy with faith shouted at Jesus said, you can heal us if you want to. And he looked at him and said, go and show, show yourself to the priest. And the word says, as they went, they got healed. As they went. I didn't stand and look like okay jesus i'll go now let me just see if this arm if this arm heals then i'll go no no he said as you go you see sometimes god needs us to move by faith for that miracle to happen see we will never have faith for an impossibility in a place of fear never only in a place of peace Only in a place of rest that miracle comes. You remember that first sermon? That's why God spoke to Moses. Because he knew that Moses had more peace than Israelites freaking out. So Moses lifted his staff. And this is so amazing. I love this. Remember in in old days, and I'm, I'm almost finishing with this. In old days, men had staffs, like a shepherd's staff. And what they did is they marked... Did markings on the staff. And the markings was all the amazing things God did. All the testimonies. All the incredible things. And what does God say to Moses? I need you to have faith. Lift your staff up over the sea. And then speak to the waters to open. So what did it happen? When Moses lifted that staff up, he could see the miracles. Oh yes, Blake One. God did this. Ooh. Here's the locusts. Oh wow. Here's the burning bush. Wow. So, as he was looking at the miracles God did already, his faith arose for a sea to open. What is God reminding you of your life? What he's done already in your life. And as he's doing that through your life, faith will arise. There will not be fear. There will be peace in what God has already done. Everything that God has done in your life, he can do again. Not just again, he can do better. Because that's his character. God is a God who always do bigger things. Never the same thing. It will be boring. He takes us faith from glory to glory, from faith to faith to faith to faith. Remember that sermon? So let's close. Isaiah 26. In the Amplified, it says the following Isaiah prophesied this. He says, And you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace. Now, God is speaking about God guarding us and keeping us. So God, you will guard him, us, and keep us in perfect and constant peace, whose mind is stayed on you. Because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. You see, like we said last week, the enemy's goal is to get our mind off God. To get us to think about so many things around us, so that we forget about the glory and the God of the impossible but we look at the impossibility more about the God of the impossible. It happened so much to me. I mean, I had to realign my mind, realign, renew my mind so many times. See, when our mind is fixed on God, we will not listen to other voices that distract us from listening to Him. We would listen to God. What can we do to make sure that we keep our peace in our lives? What can we do? Is there anything? I always ask that question. Now, we use two things in our lives we use your worship and we use prayer and confession now that's two sermons on its own but just quickly as i as i'm closing today worship is one of our greatest weapons that god has given us there's so many songs this is how i fight my battles this is how i mean it's so amazing all these amazing songs but it is truly so when i have a tough day or i have to work through tough things and, and my kids is at school and my wife's at appointment, I will go and I will crank up the radio with an amazing song and I will just go and lie on my couch and just get the peace of God back here so I will have authority over the storm I'm walking in. And every time God is without fail, God comes. I remember, um, maybe some of you will remember, I was one morning, I was in such turmoil that we were facing... St- Incredible challenges as a family about six months ago, and we were in this thing and I was like I don't know if I had to run hide or jump or do I was In in the middle of a panic and anxiety attack somewhere along there and I just ran just everybody was gone I walked into my um, to my living room and I just switched on the radio into I've got a a song list called soaking and and I just went into that place and I just I just sat on my knees I just, Jesus, I just need you now. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. I just need you. And in that moment, God came. And I could see it so clearly. And he, he put a, a crown on my head. And on the crown stood peace. And I remember so clearly He said, Henny, I'm putting this crown on your head to calm your mind. And realign your mind with what I said so many times. And He put a... Um, a cloak around my shoulders of rest that says, I'm placing you in rest. And in that moment, it was gone. I was there, but the anxiety, the fear, the what if was gone. And I sat there for about 25 minutes. Later, I lied down and I, God just ministered to me through his, through his spirit of peace. And it's in that moment God started sparking some things in my heart in terms of what power do we have in a place of peace? In His Spirit. In the Holy Spirit comes in and He just takes over that situation. Worship is a, great, is a great tool. When we want to get back to a place of peace. My, my pastor always coached me and said, Henny, just go in the opposite spirit. When the enemy wants you to fear, what is the opposite? Just go into peace. Then I will start confess. Thank you, Father, that I have perfect peace. That your word says that I do not have to be anxious about anything, but but prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, I will bring my request to you, Father, and I'm bringing my request now. And I know that your word says that if I bring it, you will give me peace that surpasses all understanding. That means that there will be peace that I do not understand right now. And I, that is what I need, Father. By, by the time I get there, the peace are there. You see, as we get scripture in our hearts, as we we look at scripture of how we can speak, and that's what I want to jump into next week, is what is the power of your words if you speak into situations and how it will move your mountains? Because there's so many times where I spoke with my words and I could see God shifting this. But see, we go back to a place of murmuring and moaning and complaining without knowing it. And we still don't know why God's not moving this mountain. So I want to encourage you this morning to take God on His Word. To get into a place of worship, if it's on your knees, on your face, wherever, but to, to, to take the weapon of peace in your hand and start fighting with it. It's like grace. People don't know they have power of grace in their life. It's like being a baby with an AK-47. Swinging it around. And we don't know what do we do with this thing. And and it's so amazing, it's nice in the church, but we don't know the power that God gave us. We have no idea. And I pray that God will give us the understanding of this powerful weapon that He's given us. Amen. will not you stand with me? I want to pray with you this morning. So Father, I thank You this morning. Wow, Father, what a privilege it is to know that You've, you've already settled the score. You've already provided every answer for every question. You've already healed and paid the price for the healing of every sickness, every emotional situation in our lives. You've already done it, Lord. And Father, I pray this morning that that You will settle something in our hearts this morning. That we will not step back into a place of fear, of doubt, of wondering if... But step over to a place of righteousness that says, Lord, I am in right standing with you. Jesus, you've paid the price. I'm in grace that nobody can change. And therefore, I will step over and listen to your voice because I know there's life in the voice. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.